Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at oliveandjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at oliveandjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. We're back for our Mission Impossible, what are we calling it again? Uh, the Mopotha Palooza. Yes. Correct. cruise thon yes. Cruise control. Cruising for a bruising. Tom Cruise is going to kick you with a weird kick. You cruise, you lose. <laughs> That's good. And by you cruise, I mean you don't leave a like. So leave a like and you don't lose. Please, if you could. Uh, now, this... Series is obviously called Caravan of Garbage. People know that from the title of this video. And often we're like, it doesn't mean anything. It's just the name that we got stuck with. This week it, it means, I think it's very apt. What are you saying, James? I'm saying this is easily the worst Mission Impossible movie, and a lot of it is just garbage. What are we talking about? Oh, we're doing Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> See, what I've done there yes. is I've taken the Mission Impossible theme, but I've given it a little twist. Because this ain't your grandpappy's Mission Impossible. It certainly is. Mission Impossible 2, directed by Woo, John Woo. <laughs> they brought him on board because Tom Cruise wanted that John Woo flavour. And we yeah. sort of get it. Well, that's the thing because, I mean, for people who are aware of John Woo, he did like some amazing Hong Kong action movies. He did The Killer. He yep. did A Better Tomorrow. He did Hard Boiled. And then he came to America. Like it's it's the, he, he sort of pioneered in, in the West this kind of genre of like, Hong Kong, gun fu, yeah. like operatic, Hard cinematic. Hard target, yeah, yeah. face-off. Broken Arrow, he did those ones. Broken and, Arrow. And he sort of brought this idea of like, just this like balletic gunplay, like two-gun yeah. action. It's just brutal and you just empty a whole clip into the in, in the bad guy kind of thing. Max and, Payne! Yeah, like this this idea. And it, it influenced like a whole genre of other, it, like it influenced a whole generation of other filmmakers. The Matrix is sort of yeah, based totally. heavily on, on this idea and that spawned a million imitators. And, you know, again, the... Oh, he did Paycheck. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, at a certain point, like, he did face off, which is, you know, you know, people find it fun in a kind of cheesy way. But by this point, all his rough edges have kind of been yeah. sanded off. Upon watching this, this movie begins with a kind of, like, you know, your classic Mission Impossible espionage, masks are being taken off kind of vibe. Sure. But it also begins with a totally silent... Neck snap. Like, yes, it's it all, does, it's yeah. almost an off-screen yeah. neck snap. And I'm and watching this at the cinema. I'm like, oh no, some, something's gone wrong here. Yeah, like something's some something is because you thought of... Ethan Hunt had gone rogue. Well, I did think that, well, which he does in every movie except this one, actually. But but yeah, well, he does go rogue eventually. He takes his earpiece out. Oh. 
<laughs> one hour, 45 minutes. Goes rogue, takes the earpiece See, out. See, I wasn't sure whether it was actually him going rogue or he was actually like, no, this isn't really working very well. Because, <laughs> like, oh, I, I don't actually... I couldn't tell whether okay, he was Okay, jury's going... still out on whether he went rogue in this movie. Let us know if you think he went rogue. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, this, this movie, it doesn't hold up. And no. you even see from the start the CGI plane... The fashion choices, like the sunglasses. The beautiful CGI title sequence. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, I know you've got things to say about the cars, because it's a very <laughs> it's a I? very Aussie movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you get your shots of, like, the Sydney Opera House and, like, kangaroos in the I've outback written, and yeah, shit. yeah, Sydney. Yeah, Sydney. Not, a, not, a, not something I never thought I'd say, but there <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, this, this movie, it's got all the elements of, of John Woo's style, but it's yeah. not quite right. It's got, like... Two gun action and people slowly walking through flames. Birds and, and like, doves and birds stuff. and doves stuff. exactly, yeah. but none of it quite works, and I don't no, know it's why. Got sort of kung fu, sort of, I guess. Well, I was going to say, who is this Ethan Hunt? Like, if you've just watched the yeah. first one and you go to this one, he's shooting. He's spinning, he's somersault kicking. Yeah. Like, he won't just duck for cover when he can do a little twirl and then duck yeah. for cover. Like, he does, I, he's he, a different guy in he, this. He doesn't. He does a commando roll towards a little grate in the floor at one point. I don't know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, I do bit. remember that, yeah. Yeah, and some of the kicks he does. Oh, look, Tom Cruise is amazing at, at mm. what he does, but he's not a martial artist. I'm sure we're going to refer to this particular scene every week. We're but- going to eat our words when he <laughs> hears this and immediately becomes the world's greatest martial artist. So thanks for that, but continue. But his, his style of combat is more suited to the bathroom scene from... The last Mission Impossible movie. Uh-huh. You know, it's breaking tiles and faces. But when you're getting him to do like a two foot jump kick and a spinning roundhouse handstand, yes. it's ridiculous. They uh-huh. should call this movie Kicking Impossible, Mason. Nice. Thanks. That's good stuff. That's actually a, for the extended audio. Did you ever see the Ben Stiller yeah. behind the scenes thing? Oh, he that's actually right. calls it. I stole that from Ben Stiller. Oh my yeah. God. Well, I'm going to call it Hair Flipping Impossible. Because <laughs> every every somersault kick is just just comes with yeah. a beautiful swoosh of hair. We'll talk about hair We, later, we talk I about think. hair at the end. And also, of course, every week I am going to be attempting to replicate something from each movie. Somersault kick? <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it here. you got but, a trampoline out there. What are you doing? I've got something even better. People okay. are going to love it. Trust me. If I do it. Because maybe I'll edit I'll be, this out. I'm excited for it. But yeah, absolutely. So it does have this distinct Aussie flavor. It's got uh, Powderfinger, a famous Australian band, did a song on the on the album. At one point Tandy Newton uh, goes to the horse races and puts a crisp pineapple on the horse. <laughs> That's right. Naturally yeah. vain. It's good to see some Australian hard currency in these movies. A ridiculous stupid plastic money. <laughs> hey, you can swim with it and that's why they did it this way. Uh John Paulson is Billy Bard. Uh, he is the um is the uh, founder of Tropfest. Is he? Australia's uh, largest and maybe the world's largest short film festival. There you go. Apparently that role was originally going to be uh, taken by Steve Zahn, but he had to pull out at the last minute. Not Aussie enough? Probably. Yeah. He had to do Sahara in five years from this. That's exactly <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Oh, he would have been a good choice, yeah. I mean, the soundtrack, okay, There's speaking of, you mentioned up top. The, the, I'm not against the uh, the guitar riffing in the Limp Biscuit cover. Yeah. It's lyrically, it's... The worst song ever made, you know. I I think this the classic Mission Impossible theme in in a in a rock and guitar riff. I think it absolutely works. But there is a reason that none of the lyrics actually make it into the actual film. Exactly. Yeah. Credits. Yeah. But that remember rap rock. Those are Wes Ball and guitar licks. Oh my uh, goodness! Very impressive. Yeah. Now, you mentioned how it was John Woo with the edges sanded off. And I might actually have an explanation for that. Go on. Because his original cut for this was three and a half hours. Oh, my God. I know. And it had to be cut down to about two. 
and Tom Cruise apparently, and this is all like hearsay and IMDb trivia, locked him out of the editing room. So Tom Cruise locked him out. Of, wait, well, he would have had more creative control because he's choosing who's on it. And I, he's the producer. Yeah. yeah, I think Tom Cruise saw the action of Face Off genuinely. Uh-huh. I think he only saw Face Off and went faces, masks. Uh, kicks doves. Yeah. All right. This is the guy. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is the guy. That, I think that's that's the train of thought here. Mm, right. Yeah. There's also a few. And ca- you think Tom Cruise like kind of sanitized it a bit? I don't. And again, know- there, there doesn't necessarily need to be like all the other Mission Impossible movies prove that these movies don't need like excess blood and gore no. and all that sort of stuff. You can have a silent neck snap, yeah, but I think like a but, swift wind. No, but I don't think you can. I think the essential element of a John Woo movie yeah. is just it's really just visceral yeah. and there's no holding back in the action. And I think putting him at the helm of this movie and then asking him to cut out all the exciting stuff yes. is, is probably its downfall. And it just looks, it looks less like visceral action and more like attempted cool posing. Yeah, totally. Right? I mean, because if... Speaking of, if you look at like the rock climbing, for example, mm-hmm. first of all, Tom Cruise did all of that himself. He was taught how to do it. They got stunt guys, but he did it. He was cabled up, but he did that 15 foot jump like yeah, multiple right. times. But that's the only scene that really stands out for me because there's a cable drop that looks worse than the previous movie. Oh, that's right, yeah. There's a side-by-side uh, car chase, which is reminiscent of GoldenEye, really, where they're just yeah. chatting casually to each other over yeah. revving engines going 90. I mean, we often accuse the, the James Bond series of aping more successful action movies, but yeah. I feel like this movie especially uh, has sort of done that as well. It's kind of like aped better stuff like the matrix came out the year before and yeah, i think right. there's elements of that totally that just sort of shoehorned in did you like it when the two cars were wedged together and they were spinning in a circle and they were staring into each other's eyes yes what the fuck was that i don't know <laughs> this is also he i nearly think... killed her by the way oh yeah tanny newton got a real rough deal on this movie i in general been yeah a, re- a very recent interview with her because she's you know she's in uh westworld and a bunch of other yeah. you know, tv series and movies and things but yeah, she, she, this was a very intense experience for her, apparently. Well, there's even lines like Anthony Hopkins, who I want to get back to, where they, they make her go undercover and he's like, she's deceptive and she doesn't need any spy trading because she's a woman and woman and this is what women, this yeah, is what right, they, they naturally lie. And But she's mentioned, yeah, that it was like a stress-induced nightmare and Tom Cruise was like friendly but super intense and she was under a lot of pressure and she was quite young at the time. And she's even said since then, like she doesn't blame him in particular. It's just, it's just it was a very... Just it was a very Tom Cruise kind of situation <laughs> yeah, to right. be in an early in your career. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. So Anthony Hopkins, uh, he's in this. He doesn't turn bad or die, and then we never see him again in another movie. Isn't it's, he in three? No. Huh. It's a strange inclusion. Yeah. Uh, and it's not even really clear that he's in IMF, really, <laughs> no. or where he's from. Yeah. Because he's at some point, I'm like, is he doing an American accent? No, no. Is he? Wait, did I mishear that? Oh, side note. Australia's own Richard Roxburgh. It was 45 minutes in before I realised he's supposed to be South African. He's supposed to be South African, yes. So this is this is interesting. I found this super fascinating. Ian McKellen turned down the Anthony Hopkins role and this shoot actually ran long because of rainfall. And if he did take on this role, even though it was only like a five-day shoot, he would have missed out on both Lord of the Rings and X-Men. You have, another, you, have another, you have another piece of trivia there. I'm going to tell you what it is, James. I would James. love to In hear fact, it. Speaking of X-Men trivia, Dugray Scott. The anti-Ethan Hunt. That's right, reverse Ethan Hunt. Because it's a team, but they're the opposite team. What's he going to do? Get a team together to fight the teams can fight. Uh he turned down the role of Wolverine, right, to be in this. Well, he had, not initially, mm-hmm. but this ran long. Oh, right. He got injured in a motorcycle chase. Uh-huh. They kept kind of delaying it and pushing back and being like, no, he'll be ready or whatever. And then the X-Men producers had to go, 
we just we need to recast. Wow. And that's obviously the role that Hugh Jackman sh- shot was shot into stardom. Absolutely. I mean, you know, he, he might still be doing paperback hero sequels at this point, if not for... <laughs> I, I feel like Hugh Jackman's the kind of actor that probably would have made it regardless. Oh, absolutely. No, he's, yeah. But I'm not sure... Oh, I'm saying the paperback hero franchise would have been the biggest <laughs> franchise in the world. I'm just, I'm just saying he would have just... I wish we were direction. doing those every week. Right? Yeah. He writes a different romance novel every... Yep. That's Whatever, right. yeah. But I think Hugh Jackman would have survived, but Dugray Scott's career has obviously not taken off in the in the same way. Mm. And who knows, if he was Wolverine, who knows what would have happened. Maybe he wouldn't have, would have been like, eh, he's fine. Yeah. You know, we don't know. Maybe he would have crushed it and he would have... Maybe it would have been him in the movie Australia. Maybe right. he would have been the greatest showman. Oh, my God. Can maybe he's imagine? hosting the Oscars with Anne Hathaway. Man, maybe he's saying the musical is back. <laughs> When the musical was maybe probably not back. It's never it's never gone, but it's never quite back. That's right. It's like a low hum, you know what I mean, yeah, in the yeah, background. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I can hear the people sing. Uh, knife in the Eye, that's a pretty good stunt. Remember now Knife in the real, Eye? That's a real, that was involved, that's some sort of it's attached to, system. That's right, it's attached to things. a cable mm-hmm. with Dugray Scott pressing down as hard as he can. Yeah, right. And it's like measured out to stop just in front of his retina. If that's wow. the front of your eye, iris. I don't know a lot about eyes. Retina's at the back. If it, what it was, was going to stop just before his retina. <laughs> oh, boy. But my understanding of uh, stunt stuff, and I think I saw this on the corridor. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You've probably heard this or maybe you've even experienced it. A business gets to a certain size and then the cracks start to emerge. Things that used to take like a day and now taking a week. There's too many manual processes just grinding away and you don't have that one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025-1. 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and a whole lot more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less. Close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. 1. Because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. NetSuite allows you to have the power of all the information in one place to help you make more effective decisions as quickly as possible so you can keep moving, keep building, keep growing, or have more time off, whatever it is that you're looking to do. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash weeklyplanet. That's netsuite.com slash weeklyplanet to get your own KPI checklist. NetSuite.com slash Weekly Planet. When picking a commerce platform for your business, you got two choices. You got this. God damn it, son of a b- What the f*** is happening here? Or... Sales. Now, I prefer the... Don't you? And I'm sure you do too. 
because that's the sound you'll hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. That's online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling your business's complexity no matter how big you grow. Set up Shopify and harness the best converting checkout and the same intuitive features trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Nix, Cotton, Magnolia, so many. Now, you might be thinking, sure, but migrating all of this is going to be a headache. Well, Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate your product, plus orders, customers, and more from every major e-commerce platform to Shopify. And look, maybe you're something like me. You know, you're one of those, don't put me in a box, people. I'm always saying that to people. I'm saying, don't put me in this box. If you put me in this box, I'm just going to have to get out of the box. You're wasting your time. Put the box away. And thankfully, with Shopify, this will never be the case because you get to control your brand and business. All of that is always in your hands from your storefront look to your back office operations. Because look, have you ever been checking out from an online store and you got to pull out your credit card, you type in all the numbers and you're like, oh, which, oh, this card's expired. Oh, where's that other, where's my wallet? Oh, Well, the Shopify store, it actually remembers your shipping address and payment information. So if, say, you're on the couch or I'm on the couch, we're on different couches, and my wallet's like, I, I don't even know where my wallet is, but it's somewhere else. Then I don't even have to get up. I can just stay there. I love not getting up. So stop leaving sales on the table. Switch your business to Shopify and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their business. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash weeklyplanet, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash weeklyplanet. Shopify.com slash weeklyplanet. Insert cha-ching sound effect. All right, okay, so we already know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online. We all know that. We don't need to get into it. But there is something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now, maybe you're like me. You watch too much TV. People always say to you, James, you watch too much TV, you're ignoring your family. And maybe you get to the point where you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. But here's the thing. Using ExpressVPN, I was able to take a look at a bunch of movies that are not available in my country. I changed my location to the UK, refreshed Netflix, and all of a sudden I could watch Dune, Top Gun Maverick, The Martian, Morbius. It was Morbin time, everyone. You see, ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from over 100 countries. So just think of all the Netflix libraries that you can go through. Do you love Korean dramas? Use ExpressVPN to watch Parasite off South Korean Netflix. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works on any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube... You name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN also works on all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want on the go or on a big screen. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows and movies, use our link right now, expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet where you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet. expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet to learn more. 
or crew channel. If you've got a knife, right, yes. and you're pretending to press it down under somebody, what you're supposed to be doing is you're pulling away while the person who's being stabbed is pulling forward. So you get you see the tension. Yeah, right. But right. if there's like a slip, it gets pulled back. Oh, so it's strange to me that they didn't do that. As opposed to it being yeah. on a cable and just dropping it down, <laughs> right? You could have done that in reverse. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? There's a number of ways you could do yeah. it without... <laughs> they, they chose to go, hey, do Gray Scott, this knife is going to plunge directly into uh, Tom Cruise's eye unless you pull back with all your muscles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know you've mentioned this before on our podcast, The Weekly Planet, which is a podcast that we do, Mason. That's right. Um, there's a digital camera in this the size of a brick. <laughs> oh, my God, is there? <laughs> What's fascinating about that inclusion is in the previous movie, they're all wearing glasses with miniature cameras in it. That's right. And they're hidden and they're super HD exactly. and they can transmit across. But that was the magic technology of like movie espionage. Yeah. And we had nothing at all similar to that. But all of a sudden in like the late 90s, the year 2000, all of a sudden we get actual digital cameras and they're like, my God, we have to <laughs> showcase this in a movie somehow. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Also, it's it's Mask City, mate. It's too it really much. Yeah. And, and I know they they take it a little bit further in terms of um like the voice modulator. Uh-huh. And but there's things in this that it's too far. And they mm. pull back on later movies, and there's more explanation behind the printing of them and and things like that. But uh-huh. it's just everybody and anybody at all points in time, and that doesn't look quite as good a lot of the yeah. time. There's one where Tom Cruise is running, and you know he pulls it off. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Which and some of them look better than that. At but. one point, Tandy Newton uh, reveals her secret relationship with Ethan Hunt yes. uh, to what she believes is Ethan Hunt, and then it turns out it's it's evil Ethan Hunt. Yeah, but that shouldn't have happened in a world where masks are so commonplace. Ethan Hunt should have absolutely said to her. I'm going to send you undercover. FYI, everybody's going to be a bad guy with a me mask on. That's right. So don't reveal anything. (laughs) Exactly. If you suspect it might not be me, tug at the edges of my shirt collar until my face comes off. Or kiss it. Even if it is me, just keep tugging at my face until it comes off. If you kiss that mask, (laughs) you're knowing it's a mask, right? I hope so. Are they heated? They They go over the lips? I guess they do, right? I guess they're heated by Tom Cruise's passion for movie making and stunts. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, so you'd never know. To be fair... If anything, that mask would be too hot. (laughs) But I don't mind the one reveal of when he swaps himself out for Richard Roxburgh and he's taped Mm. up his mouth and... That's that's, a a good reveal, yeah. I think you do that one and maybe the one at the start... Yeah, you you have to do a setup and then like an enforcement and then a reveal. But to do one every couple of scenes is too (laughs) much. It's too much, mate. Leave it... Use it sparingly so it makes the most impact like Dugray Scott wearing a full denim suit. (laughs) And then it's impactful. That's the one thing I remember from watching this movie in the cinema. I'm like, wow, this is, everything he's wearing is made of denim. The shirt's denim, the jacket's denim, the tie's denim. Good on him. That must be hot in Sydney in the yeah, I'd imagine it would be, especially around bloody racing time, am I right? If yeah, it's racing right. season, mm-hmm. you're hitting up November at that point, aren't you? That's right. In Australia, it's reverse, the summer and winter. Don't even worry about it if you're in the other hemisphere. Um, before I talk about the evolution of Ethan Hunt's hair. Of course, the most important part of this episode. Is there anything you want to add? Yes, James. <laughs> okay. Boy, is there. <laughs> well, again, a thing that didn't I didn't think about when I watched this in the cinemas, but in re-watching it as an adult, there's a car chase sequence, and my God, is it suburban Australia. <laughs> like these days, if you watch like a multi-million dollar action spectacular, there's a car chase, the good guy's being pursued by all the bad guys, The bad guy's motorcade is guaranteed to be a line of identical, all-black, brand-new Audi SUVs, just just loaded with men with machine guns, 
and and maybe some There's like eight men to a car exactly, and then maybe like some like some brand new motorcycles with people wielding katanas or whatever. <laughs> yes, but. In the year 2000, in suburban and outer suburban and slightly regional New South Wales, yeah. clearly they couldn't acquire the brand new motors that they needed. And so what this is, is it's just a car chase where Ethan Hunt on his motorcycle is being pursued by men driving all your friend's first second-hand cars <laughs> in the 90s. Just like you, you, you just your mate, the, the first car your mate got and went, it's a pretty cool car, yeah. right? And you're like, yeah, mate, yeah, pretty, <laughs> really cool. pretty good. I'm pretty mm. sure they acquired all these cars by just going to a McDonald's parking lot, like <laughs> after midnight, with just all these dudes milling around. I was like, hey, anybody want to sell this your car? We'll give you 500 bucks for it. They're like, all right. It's just Tom Cruise just absolutely machine-gunning the fuel tank of a Holden Commodore. There's just... Just Ford Falcons, just <laughs> Ford Escorts, the Holden Vectra. There's, there's the, the bad, at one point the bad guys are driving a Nissan Patrol. That's more your dad's car, I sure. Think. Okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah. my God, it's just, it's so quaint, yeah, and it, beautiful. It really is. It, it really captures a period in time, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just whatever they, just whatever cars they picked up at the impound Absolutely. lot that nobody picked up themselves. Or like, I can't be bothered. Two of the tyres are bald, but it's not like on the same side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know how it happened. Doing a particular doughy maybe in a some car park. Car, some of the cars have that like weird salt spattering on the roof. <laughs> you know, haven't been polished in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What oh, an era. Yeah. What an era of filmmaking. I don't yeah. think I've seen anything like it before or since. Right. Maybe the movie Two Hands? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. But that's meant to be set that's in supposed like to be. low-class suburban Sydney. That's not set <laughs> in a world of like high-class espionage and millionaires and yeah. millionaire mansions, you know what I mean? If you're dropping pineapple... That man has a painting with a dinghy on it in his <laughs> mansion. <laughs> if you drop... He's high-class. <laughs> if you're dropping pineapples at the races, you should shell out for some better cars. I think so. Uh, absolutely. Okay, so the evolution of Ethan Hunt's hair. We're here, we're here again. He's more loosey-goosey in this movie, and I think it's because he's moved further and further away from his military past. He's yeah, clearly been yeah, doing yeah. some training, and he's clearly kind of more kind of relaxed into his role, and yeah. his hair reflects that. I think you're right, and I think maybe, you know, again, he swore he'd never, he'd never come back to the IMF in, in, the, in the last one. Did he? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> he's like, I'm that. not coming back, and Bing Rhames is like, you sure? And he's like, definitely, never again. And then the sequel, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm But at the end, back. on the plane, and they're like, look at this tape. Oh, my God, he did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. All right, but anyway, I think and, and they've offered him a sweet deal to come back. I think he couldn't resist. Yeah. Also, it's like, you know what, he's going, he's, he's, he's spent a few years doing deep cover IMF stuff, and he's like, well, a deep cover dude needs a deep cover haircut. Just you know to, it, yeah, yeah. That's right. Absolutely. What's what's also strange about that is when they find him on top of that mountain, they're like, tell us where you are when you go on holidays. But then Anthony Hopkins is like, you're on holidays, that's okay. I'm, I'm confused as to, <laughs> is he supposed to t- say where he is? What you're saying is that the IMF annual leave policy is not as clear cut as it should be. Exactly. I'm sure it's written somewhere. Like they've they've jotted it down in ink. There needs to be a fresher weekend, so everybody's on the same. Exactly, on the same page. they probably don't even tell him how many like days of accrued leave he has on his pay slip. A cruise leave. Oh, that's right. Very good. Yeah. So anyway, here's some facts for trivia that you'll love. It's called mm. trivia facts that you'll love. Mm. You'll love it. We do it every week. Nice. Uh, this was and uh, this blew my mind. The biggest movie of 2000 monetarily wow. in the world. My goodness, it beat Gladiator. 
It beat Shaft 2000. Can you believe that? I can kind of believe that. The number 38 movie of the year, Shaft 2000, it came ahead of. I mean, this is a big franchise, but I didn't realize it was this big that long ago. Mm. Yeah, fascinating to me. Also, each director in this franchise has been asked to return for the sequel. They saw what Brad Bird did and they went, oh my God, Brad Bird, we love what you're doing. Come Mm -hmm. back. And he's like, I can't, I'm Brad Bird. And right. I went, we don't know what that means, but we understand. <laughs> I'm doing Brad Bird things. So leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm like, all right. Yeah, but, you know, you'd Brian De Palmas, you'd J.J. Abrams, but they didn't ask John Woo to come back. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Also, and this is very interesting to me. You know what? He's got a great legacy, though. Go back and watch The Killer. It's oh, absolutely. It's primo movie. Th- that cannot be denied. Mm. Can they skip over Paycheck? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't think about Paycheck. God. I've thought about it. Oh, it's too late yeah. for you then. Uh, the song I Disappear by Metallica mm-hmm. that's on the soundtrack for this movie, I think it's a good song. You would. Uh, Lars has talked about how he met up with Tom Cruise and they had a very intense discussion about music and what it means and all those guys. You know, what are yeah, those yeah, discussions yeah. you'd have with Tom Cruise? And he got to see an early unfinished version of, of the movie to kind of write a song. And actually, this song was leaked early on Napster and that's what started the famous Napster versus Metallica court case, oh, which changed God. the music industry. That's right. Yeah, so... There you go. My goodness. Yeah. I'm still under, on the fence about whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, the way that music music was kicked off then, because artists are getting screwed royally. Right now, yeah. Yeah, for what they're doing, and I, it does seem to stem back from, from this. I mean, you've got more access now than ever to get your information and you know get your music out there, but you're yeah. getting paid less. It's the relentless march of technology, James. It was going to happen sooner or later. That's but right. If you want to support your artists, go go get some merch, buy, buy something on vinyl, you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. That's right. See them on tour when you can, not now. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, with his percentage deal on profits, royalties, and merchandise. Merchandise, what are they selling there? Foam hats, trucker hats. Trucker hats, yeah. yeah. Little action figures. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, cool, excellent. Uh, somersault play sets for your kids. Somersault <laughs> no kick doubt. play sets. You get the rock background. That's right. Doubt, yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise made 75... 75- oh, exploding Oakleys. <laughs> yes. Tom Cruise made 75 million off this movie. Good for him. And now it's time for me to replicate something famous and impossible. From the movie Mission Impossible 2, MI2, which it maybe is also called. Nice. The Clothes Mason. I don't know. You'll see it. Well, we did it this time. (laughs) I mean, he he purchased some clothes, I guess, is what he did, and put them on. That's what people remember, though, isn't it? Yeah, is it? You want me to do a cartwheel kick? Yes. Fine, here it is. Wow. All right, this has been Mission Impossible 2 for Caravan of Garbage. What an experience. Definitely. We'll be back next week to talk Mission Impossible 3. But guess what? If you want to get that video a little bit early, you can actually go to bigsandwich.co, sign up. You also get the extended audio uh, editions early as well. Uh, There's also some bonus podcasts, some movie commentaries. There's an ad-free feed for our podcast, The Weekly Planet, which also comes out every Monday. If you do want to check it out, you don't have to, but you can. That's right. That's right. And you might be thinking, that doesn't sound like great value. That's really up to you to determine, isn't it? Isn't it? But I mean, in a way, there's a, the only way to figure that out is to subscribe and, 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 and discover for yourself. Exactly. We gotcha. We gotcha. Because you're invested there, aren't you? That's right. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I've been, mis- I've been and am Mr. Mm-hmm. Sunday Movies on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I continue to be Wikipedia Brown on Twitter. That's right. And let's, yeah. let's come back next week for Mission Impossible Thropple. As we say here every week, bury us when we're gone. <laughs> Teach us while we're here, but as soon as we belong, it's time we disappear. Do you think there's a chance that we replicated that song so well that the music copyright system in YouTube kicked in and this video has been demonetized? God, we can only hope. <laughs> That's the dream for any musician. <laughs> right? All right, see you next week. Bye. 
This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Listen to this ACAST show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.